hello, I'm RJ City, and you are listening to the Monster Cast. You're going to talk about Bela Lugosi. They're going to talk about Lon Chaney Jr. Be so sad, holding his hat, saying, please put me in this room and don't unlock the door. And you can't do any better than the Doll Brothers. Jack and Ryan, they're brothers, but they're also bros. Uh, what? Pardon? Wrestling. Well, who the hell wants to talk about wrestling? These are horror movies. It's, it's the deep genre. It's a smart genre. Fantastic actors. Fantastic cinematography. Wrestling is just sweating and fireworks and bouncy ropes. There's nothing so happy. You talk about that every week. All right. Let's see them try. Take it away, you crazy dolls. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross App Fightful here. You're watching the Monster Cast with Jack and Ryan. A big shout out to those fellas. Good people. Check them out. Jake and Brian. Brandon Cutler here from AEW, and I hope you guys have an awesome podcast with the Monster Cast. What what was that? Your name is Jack and Ryan? Shut up, Jack and Ryan. Wrestling podcast? How fucking original. I guess I just I mean. You're welcome. Here's your host of the Monster Cast, the Straight Edge Monster Jack and Ryan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Monster Cast. I'm the Straight Edge Monster Jack. That's Ryan. Special shout out to RJ City with the new cameo for us, uh, personalized for the show. And we do appreciate it. I thought it was probably our best cameo so far. Hilarious shit. Um, also, we both watched the new AEW this morning. Uh, I still think the Dog Castle one was funnier, but I do like the Mark Risco one. It was pretty funny. I did laugh out loud a couple times. Uh, but yeah, go check that out on the AEW YouTube channel as well if you're a fan of AEW. Today, we got a huge show for you because it is the biggest week in wrestling. It is WrestleMania week, and a lot of people got a lot of shit going on. Uh, we will be doing a bunch of prediction shows coming to the YouTube channel specifically. All right, we're not doing the predictions live. Uh, I am the prediction champion. Yeah, because you edit the videos. That's why we don't do them so live. So I can add it to the <clears throat> videos, and I can be champion on multiple videos while Ryan can only wear the Monster Quiz Championship during this one. He will be, it'll be taking off of him as soon as the show is over, and then when we do the prediction shows, I'll have a title up for four different episodes instead. So, actually, you know what? Take it off you right now. Wow. You can get, you can get wow. it at the end of the show when we do Monster Quiz. I'm a champion uh, all the time. He'll have it regardless, so it doesn't really matter, uh, even if he gets it wrong. But Big show. Big show for you guys today. Let's go ahead. Hot tag topics time. Let's get started with the number one topic of the day. Forbidden Door 2. Let's talk about it. Ryan, obviously, we mentioned, I believe last week, that we mentioned that you got your tickets for the show. Uh, but it was also reported that this is already a $1 million gate show. And they haven't announced a single match yet. But, I will say, AW in the mud, right? 
<laughs> I don't think the tickets were on sale yet when we did the show. They went on sale Wednesday, so I hadn't gotten them then. I was I was debating whether or not I was going to, because um, my passport expired in August, and then um, I was I've got somebody pretty close to me up in Toronto, but um, I did I still didn't know if I was going to go. Uh, but I did end up buying the tickets. I got two um, up in section 109. Pretty good seats as far as being able to see stage and ring and everything. So I didn't want floor seats again after last time. Uh, it was cool being that close, but the problem with floor seats is if you're near like row seven like me, these people up in front of you, uh, the standing up is fine because I can stand up too and I can still see. But when they stand up and then stand on their fucking chairs, I was like, I'm never getting floor section again. Like, this is crazy. I'm not standing on my fucking chair to see all these people who are also standing in their chairs. It was ridiculous. So this time, I did get an elevated section, looked down uh, with the other people. The the tickets that were in the um, in the hard cam view, uh, ringside, those elevated seats, those were like $1,300, bro. $1,300 Canadian, but still $1,300. That's crazy. I like I I because those are the ones I clicked on first, and I was like, I thought about it. I thought about it for like half a second. Like, nah, that's fucking stupid. I can't do that. So that's usually I where I sit when I go to a show, that's usually where I sit, right there. Yeah, I I couldn't do it. Uh, I I was like I was this close. I had them in my cart, and I was like, fuck, nah, that's stupid. I shouldn't do that. So I ended up getting the other ones. They were a little bit more reasonable. They were uh I think, what were they like one seventy five Canadian a piece or something. So, uh, I won't be on camera, which is actually great for me. I'm not really a big, I don't want to be on TV and all that shit, or pay-per-view, I guess, in this case. Um, so it's fine with me. Um, but yeah, they, they seem like good seats. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and my passport renewal stuff is already in the mail, so see what happens. Yeah, so that's usually where I sit at when I go to a show or try to sit at. Uh, I've always said, and I believe I said it on that, at least the audio podcast version of this back in the day, um... I don't like the I don't like the floor seats either. Unless you're gonna be in literally row one or two, there's no yeah. point in fucking getting floor seats. There really isn't because the security's not going to allow the first row to stand on their chairs. All right, so that's you don't have to worry about that. That's that'll yeah. look stupid as fuck on TV. That'll never happen. So row one and two is the only one, and then of course they charge out the ass for that for good reason. Obviously, it's really good seats. You get to really be really close to people. You can high five people, possibly get autographs depending on what kind of show it is or. The time in between the matches and stuff like that so i understand why they're jacked up 1300 for the first section up on the hard cam is outrageous to me uh that's well, it's 1300 canadian so it's it's technically 75 percent of whatever that is i think that the exchange right now is about 75 um but even still that's uh um it's so close to a thousand i think that's uh, I should be able to do math, but so I'm just gonna actually do it. I went to over the limit. We were on the hard cam side. We weren't. We were. I, we were probably a little bit further and a little bit further, closer, uh, more to the right. Um, but we were technically still on the hard cam side, I guess. Uh, that was CM Punk versus uh, Daniel Bryan mm. at over the limit, and that I don't even think I bought all four tickets. It was me, Dustin, Christina, and Shayna, and I don't even think that cost me a thousand. All four of us. So yeah, that's fucking nuts. Nine that's seventy-five. Nuts. Is that these weren't resale either? These were the I mean, official. I mean, for me, that was closer to a WrestleMania than it is a fucking over the limit. But you get what I'm saying. Like, it's still a pay-per-view. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's part of it too. Um, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, it's like the only other. I, the reason I was thinking about it, 
the only reason I was thinking about it is because I was like, well, you know, if I went to a New Japan show, the cost that it would be for me to go over there and go to a show is basically the same. But then I was like, you know, I'm going to see the fucking show either way. I don't care. I'm just going to, I'll just take this one on nine. You should have done, really. What I would have done, because I'm not in a position financially like you are, but what I would have done probably is I would have done, like, pretended that you were going to just spend that much money on the tickets anyway. Mm -hmm. Take the cut here, put the rest of it to the side, because then you can put it towards the Japan show, because we have a good feeling that the next one's going to be in Japan, right? Forbidden Door 3, probably going to be in Japan. So just in case that happens, you're going to want all the money that you can, because if you do go there, you're going to want a really good seat, because they have a lot of floor seats in Japan. So I I don't know how long They're not going to be standing on their chairs, but you get what I'm saying. I'll be the only one in Japan standing on my chair, baby. Um, No, You won't have um, to. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because everybody's sitting. <laughs> but, um, no, the, uh, and I'm tolerating everybody over there. No, well, that's um, what I was alluding to, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, which, you know, ain't saying a lot. I am only, like, what, 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, um, so, the, uh, I, the thing that I realized when they did this one in Toronto, I was like, fuck, they're already, they're already testing, like, international markets. I bet the next one's going to be in Japan. And, um... Yeah, I kind of, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, I, I don't know if I should have promised myself that I'm going to go to every one of these now, because that's going to start to add up. They start running these back and forth. But, um, yeah, I uh, it is something that I I decided with the first one. I was like, you know what, this is really cool. It's a unique opportunity. You don't see these guys over here a lot. Um, I've been following them for a while now, and uh, I'm going to try to go to every one of them. So, here we are. But Ryan got his tickets. He's hyped. I'm hyped for him. Because the potential of you seeing Kenny Omega versus Osprey is very high right now. Yep. Uh, so that kind of leads into my next thing. Let's, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's do it. You ready? For the record, I did buy two tickets if you're able to go. I always buy two just in case. But I know you'd have to get like a passport and all that shit, so we'll see. It's, more, it's not even really the passport part. It's the, the job part. Yeah. Since, right. uh, I mean, I don't want to talk about my job on here because it's just going to be in a bad <laughs> mood. But... <laughs> It's right. not the kind of place that just lets you just do whatever the fuck you want, apparently. <laughs> it work, uh, although prison. it should be. But anyway, let's talk about Kenny Omega. <laughs> right now, literally, if right now, fucking what is it, March 26th, let's talk about it. Is Kenny Omega the wrestler of the year, March 26, 2023, right now? He's got um, the seven series, well, well, two of them, right? Two of the seven series. Two of the last two, six match six and seven, both happened in this year of the uh, seven. Uh, let's see, it was a death triangle for the trio title. Yeah, 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 seven yep. thing. All That's right, so six and seven both happened this year. He had Will Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom. He had El Vikino, which was uh, the quote unquote not a dream match that turned into a dream match that ended up being one of the best matches we've seen on Dynamite. He's had the uh, triple threat trios match with House of Black. And JAS, he had the single or singles, the <laughs> trios match, the original, the actual trios match at the pay per view against House of Black, where they lost at uh, Revolution. Yeah. Is it safe to say right now? Who, if it's not safe to say, who is having a better year than Kenny Omega right now, from January first to March twenty sixth? Um, the, the thing is, uh, when you look at like critically acclaimed matches, 
obviously the Osprey one stands out, the Vikingo one stands out. And I'm trying to think of anyone else who has had that kind of attention for a match in the meantime. Um, aside from MJF Bryan, which obviously also got a lot of praise, but MJF doesn't do shit else except for pay-per-views. And I'm, what I'm really trying to think of is were there any other really big Danielson matches already this year that I would put on that same level? And I, I don't think there were. So yeah, probably. I, I think you can make that argument. Yeah. Not only that, he's about to fight Jeff Cobb on this upcoming Dynamite in a yep. singles match for the US IWGP US title. And like we said earlier, we think he's going to go against Osprey again at Forbidden Door 2 in Canada. Mm. So a good like, sign to that will be if he beats Cobb clean. Um, because then that sets up the whole that whole angle. But if they have Cobb win because BCC interferes or some bullshit like that and New Japan just wants a US title back in its circulation, then that kind of messes with the Osprey thing a little bit. I know Osprey still got his, his shoulders a little bit messed up right now, apparently, too. Um, they're thinking yeah, he should so be I recovered wouldn't, in I wouldn't, time. I wouldn't expect to see him cost Omega the title so that Cobb can get it. I would expect maybe Aussie Open to show up if somebody's going to get involved at all. Maybe Don Callis fucks up as well. You could also still well, have I was, that. I was saying BCC, basically, so to oh, further yeah, yeah, that yeah, story. Yeah, okay, gotcha, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, um, I, think if, I think if he just goes over Cobb clean, then I think they're setting up Osprey, yeah. Right, so because yeah, of the Cobb I, I would, Osprey I would, tie, I would, and then yeah. I would agree that Kenny Omega is Wrestler of the Year right now, March 26th, and it doesn't look like if he's going to keep doing what he's doing right now, it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime I soon. I mean, if he's got a second Osprey match in the same year, I don't think anybody else is going to come close. But like, except for like, except for Osprey, just a singles run could. in general. If he's going to keep doing like he just did with Vikino and Jeff Cobb and whatever, and then another Osprey match. And then maybe yeah. a p potentially another Adam Page match, the way they're setting this stuff up, however this is going to go. Uh, for, for all the shit he gets, Kenny Omega as a singles is pretty much untouchable as far as match quality. I don't think if, if he's on a singles run, there's nobody else active right now that's going to be able to say, like, oh yeah, I had just as good of matches or as many good matches. Um, unless Mox is really fucking overworking himself and happens to put on some really great stuff. Uh, he's the only other one that I can think of that's as high profile and wrestles as often. And I will um, say this, yeah, speaking of often, uh, Omega wrestling often, because he beat Vikino in a non-title match, don't rule out the possibility that he's going to Mexico to fight for the AAA Mega AAA. Championship again. Yeah. Um, the thing is, too, originally, obviously, the plan with that match, it was originally booked during his uh, belt collector stuff, right? And the plan was for Vikingo to win that match in AAA to take that belt off of him, not for him to have to forfeit it from injury or whatever. So the fact that they finally had the match, but then it was an AEW and Kenny went over, leads me to think that they're probably setting up something where Vikingo does finally get his win at some point. Because the way that it's been has actually been kind of shitty on Vikingo, if you think about it. It's like, you were supposed to go over this guy, it's supposed to be a big crowning achievement, whatever. He had to pull out, unfortunately, shit happens. But then you actually do have the match, and then you lose when you were originally booked, you, you were going to win it. So I'd be very surprised if AAA, Vikingo, everybody, even Kenny, uh, involved at some to some extent doesn't want Vikingo to get that win. Um, it just wouldn't have made sense right now for the the way that uh, AEW is booking him. So it also yeah, wouldn't make sense. It would have made more sense for Vikingo to win the very first one if Kenny would have been able to go, just because he had the injury thing to fall back on and be like, that's why I lost. 
Whereas yeah. now it wouldn't have made any sense for Vikingo, Vikingo for him to fucking wait this whole time and then beat Omega when Omega had all that time off and then he's coming back into his own and gotten the, the reps with the the elite in the trios division and all this other stuff. And then like, why would you touch, why, why would you blemish Omega now? Right when he comes right back out the gate. So mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with that. Uh, okay, next up, let's talk about WrestleMania, the Hall of Fame class of 2023. We've had three announcements. I assume we're gonna have one, maybe two tops more. We, I think we're gonna have a, a woman announced. I don't know who it'll be. Um, we forgot. We got the celebrity. We got Andy Kaufman. He was just announced. He was the third one announced. It's so it's, it's a professional wrestler, goddamn. So anyway, anyway, uh, it's Rey Mysterio. Arguably the most known and greatest luchador of all time. Great Muda. Arguably one of the most well-known Japanese wrestlers of all time. And Andy Kaufman. Somebody that changed the fucking business in a way that we had never seen in, like, prime time in the U.S. at the time with Jerry Lawler. So, like, I need to know, how are we feeling about this Hall of Fame class right now? And if they do add in a woman, who would you want them to add in? Um... The Godfather's hoes. I think they deserve a spot. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. Um, the the problem with that question shit. is that you always forget who's already Your in it. But um, suck. as far as the class itself, we'll we'll touch on that first. I think the class itself is fine. I, th- I think it's a strong class. I think that um, picking two really well-known names like that is a uh it's they don't really do that that much like if you look at some of the old classes or whatever they have like one big name so in the past it might have been the mood or it might have been the rain mysterio and then the rest of them are kind of like mid-card guys or like um guys that they're doing sort of like as a legacy sort of like that you know here's your here's your flowers sort of thing but they were never like top of the card guys the two that they've got in here already are top of the card guys and Kaufman even for a celebrity pick is was a top of the card guy when he was doing his shit like that was the draw in that territory so um it's a strong class if you look at it that way uh as far as like who they should put in for the women they're kind of already setting this precedent that you don't have to have wrestled there and it's based on impact and all that shit um, obviously, I think you and I would both probably agree that Bull Nakano could be in there easily. Oh, I mean, Bull Nakano did wrestle for them, so it was a multiple-time women's champion for them. No, 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 but you know what I mean. Like, they're already setting this precedent. Like, it's not based on the stuff that you did there. Oh, yeah, It's yeah, based on, sure. like, your whole yeah, career. Obviously, obviously yeah. Um, so, you know, you look at her All Japan stuff and, and that kind of stuff. Like, that's, um, I think that's the difference, really. Uh, All Japan women's, obviously. But, um... Yeah, uh, if, if I had to pick a woman to go in that I think fits with this class, uh, Bull Nakano makes sense. I would say Bull Nakano. A lot of people are advocating for China with a solo induction. You've also got, um, mm. for, for the men's side, if I wanted to see one more uh, men's wrestler get added in, I'd like to see maybe like a Lex Luger. Um, I'd like to see him. Yeah. If, uh, I still think it's crazy that he's not in there. Uh... I mean, do it while he's still alive. That sounds morbid, but do it while he's still alive, you know? Um, yeah, they missed the boat on a lot of people like that. Uh, yeah. Vader, obviously, was the newest one that they 
fucked and, up. And, you know, I don't mean like, who's going to die? I just, I literally just mean like, you know, sometimes it's nice to be recognized for your work <laughs> while you're still around to appreciate it, you know? Yeah, you don't um, want to be a legacy induction. You want to be a fucking induction while you can actually right. appreciate the achievement or whatever. Yeah. And know that you were liked by your peers to some degree. Uh, even though sometimes the Hall of Fame thing is a more of a kayfabe thing than a real thing. But to the fans, it's more real. Uh, yeah. The other one that I would say, if we want to go... If we don't want to put any more men in, right? If you want to have Mysterio, Muda, or singles men, I should say. And then a Nakano with the celebrity Andy Kaufman. And you want to go tag team, I'd like to go Midnight Express. Yeah. Have you been uh, you've been keeping up with Dax's 64-man... Uh, or 64 tag team March Madness shit he's been doing? No, I saw that he was going to do it, but I didn't keep up with it. Why? What's it up to now? Uh, they're on the Final Four right now. It's actually been pretty interesting. Um, but, yeah, I was just listening to that last night, it was just, so it's interesting you mentioned that. Demolition um, would be a good one, too, if we're talking about WWE accolades. He's got the Assassins going, like, super far in that shit. I, I was pretty surprised. But, whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, so like, strong class, I agree. Like, you have two of the fucking top wrestlers in their countries mm-hmm. of all time in yeah. the same class. And then you've got Andy Kaufman, who pretty much changed the game. Best wrestler in his class. For, for what he is. did. Like, I don't think a lot of people still grasp how big that was in the 70s or whatever. Number one women's wrestler of all time, baby. It was um. It was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's I, a lot of there's, there's a lot, a lot of mainstream of saying that Triple H doesn't want to have big classes anymore, which we've been saying for years on the show, right? Like, we don't need 20 fucking people in the in the classes. It so does kind of cool take away it, from if, it if yeah. Even if they think, even if they add in a woman and then cut it off after that, I'm cool with only four, honestly. I think the conversation we'd had in the past was that it, it kind of takes away from some of the impact of it. If like this, you were upset about the Godfather, I believe, at the time, but. Basically, it takes away some of the meaningful impact of it if you have, like, your godfathers go in. It's, yeah, I mean, he's the main was. He's the main one I'd point to, but there are others, yes. But he's the main one. Yeah. Just because... Okay, so just because my my view on it is... Obviously, I like Papa Shango, but Papa Shango doesn't have a WWE Hall of Fame career. But he should be known more as Papa Shango than he was fucking godfather because he had more memorable things that happened to him. But my overall thing was even Papa Shango wouldn't be in the WWE Hall of Fame if we're literally treating this like a legit Hall of Fame. And you're Papa putting Shango Papa Shango in right basically longevity because that's the only reason, that you, the only thing he has going for him, even though he had to change his fucking gimmick multiple times. Barry Horowitz should be in the Hall of Fame then. Um, I wouldn't argue about that, though. I'd argue less <laughs> about Barry Horowitz than I would Papa Shango. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you can make a case for Barry Horowitz pretty easily. Um, it's, he sort of created the mold that jobbers still use today um yeah uh, i i think smaller classes works better also just from a time and speech point of view too like some of the speeches get real fucking long you give everybody an hour-long speech man i'm tuning the fuck out yeah so, so if, uh, I, if i only have four people and you already know muda's is gonna be very short like liger's mm-hmm. was right and it's probably gonna be a pre-tape thing i highly doubt he's gonna be there in person so you've got mm-hmm. so, you, so let's say you add in uh a woman in there you got four mm-hmm. speeches that's fine that's great that's perfect and then i'd like to see well, you make the video packages longer sometimes i feel like these people get gypped out on their significance during their actual runs their video packages Co- sometimes are lacking kaufman's definitely not getting a speech well, so obviously. 
So it's still just three. Well, I'm sure Jerry Lawler's going to have a lot to say. He's probably going to be the one inducting him, and he'll probably just accept it on his behalf or some shit, and he'll be the one telling the stories about what happened at I the think, time. Or maybe Jim Carrey. I heard Jim I think Carrey. Jim, uh, yeah, I think Jim Carrey should come that in would character. Be cool <laughs> Coming out there literally as Andy Kaufman would be fucking hilarious yeah. to me. And I think Andy would think that would be hilarious as well if he was alive. I think that would be fucking great. Um, I don't know if Jim Carrey wants to do that role again like that because he put a lot of energy and shit into it. But it'll be it'll be funny. It'll be funny. I think it'll be great. As I don't think he gives a shit about wrestling, but I know he gives a shit about Andy Kaufman. So maybe. Um, um, but yeah, the overall class though. I let's say they add in a Bull Nakano or a China. Where do you think this ranks up? Do you think this is one of the top classes of all time? Probably one of the better ones, yeah. I mean, you had some some classes that just had such obvious picks, like Undertaker or whoever. Um, this feels like they're picking guys who are who were top of their game in the places that they were at and made huge impacts on the industry, which is what the whole thing is supposed to be for. It's what every other Hall of Fame and every other sport is for. So this actually feels like one of the first ones where the intent of the Hall of Fame is actually met for once, as opposed to... We want to give a guy we like and has been around for a while a speech. Um, so yeah, I think it's a strong class. All right, let's move on to Mercedes Monet. Mm. Is her time already almost done with Bushi Road? The reports are that they are, and that she's already had talks with WWE again. But WWE wants her to. Uh, hold up and pump the brakes on some of her demands or she can't come back. What do you think Mercedes Monet should do? Do you think she should just resign and keep it going with uh, New Japan? Do you think she should start talking to AEW? Or do you think she should just go ahead and uh, go back on pretty much everything she believes in and goes right back to WWE and let them control her? I don't know what her demands are. Have you heard anything specific? Uh, not specific. And well... Not specific, but also not confirmed. Like, these are, obviously, these are rumors, bro. Nobody's fucking... Sasha, ha or Mercedes hasn't come out and said this, and no one's fucking saying that she came out and said this. This is all speculation until someone, someone that I trust comes out and says it to be true. You know what I'm saying? It's It's gotta be, you would think it's gotta be related to the women's tag division, because that's something she cared a lot about. Um, or maybe wrestling in Japan still, as a oh, member of WWE, yeah. might be a thing, too. Maybe. Then they would want to have way too much control over her booking, too, so who knows? Exactly, um, yeah. And, you know, is going to say, fuck you. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think that if for, for as much as she talked about, like, this being her dream and this being what she's always wanted to do, I think it would be kind of weird to go over and just have two or three matches and then be like, all right, I did it. I'm done. Let me go back. Um, so whatever conversations she's having, I'm sure that you have to think about it from this point of view, too, right? WWE at this point understands what kind of draw she is after the way that she sold out um, that one show just on that one match that she was in, right? Yeah, they have to understand Valley, she's, yeah. Yeah. she's got a really big, like, built-in fan base. She's got a lot of mainstream drawing power from some of the acting stuff she does, things like that. For them to balk at whatever demand she's making, it's got to be a pretty big fucking demand because you know that they want her back really bad too. They don't want her to go uh, to AEW. Okay, so here's... So, and I, I agree that they want her back now, right? But didn't we say when she left to begin with that they were making a big mistake because of her star power in other avenues of fucking entertainment? And that she had yes. more... I mean, she had a bigger fucking... Uh, she had a bigger... 
influence outside of the ring than a Charlotte Flair did, who they fucking bend over backwards for everything that Charlotte wants, right? So, you got a chick that's literally in Star Wars. Come on, uh, that was Vince. Uh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then now you see that Vince <laughs> is back, so, like, why would she fucking come back? Like, what's going to happen? Now, at Sakura Genesis, right, she's going to have the triple threat match for the IWGP Women's Ta- Championship against Azum and... Uh, the Azum? Azumi? Uh, Huh? Azumi? And Hazuki. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if she loses that title, though, like, the chances of her fucking going back seem to go up, right? To go back to WWE. Why would she drop the title that bad? By the way, Genesis is looking like a great pay-per-view, I might add. Yeah. Um, I believe that's so- when Okada's fighting Sonata in the main event. Yeah, he just won the New Japan Cup. Uh, he, uh, have you seen his new look, Sonata? I think he looks no. the same to me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> new look, okay. He does look, he looks different. Okay, Listen, so that's, that's on, basically you saying you, got, you had a new look today. That you, I, I said, I, I know, like okay, you, had, you got a new look today this. compared to last week. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he looks a little different. Um, but no. I, I know she's supposed to, she's supposed to do that three way match right, and then uh, I can see her going to AEW. I think I think AEW would make a lot of sense for her. I think WWE would fucking hate it. I think she's got enough leverage to really get what she wants out of either company. I think Tony Khan is going to be pretty agreeable to a lot of the stuff that she wants to do because it gives him more opportunities to book more shit as far as like introducing a women's tag division and things like that. Um. If WWE is already balking at whatever demand she has right now, that's got to be a pretty big turnoff after the reason that she left. So, she's either asking for something huge, or she's trying to see what she can get out of them, even shit that she doesn't actually expect, and they were actually just like, no. Um, My main issue with the WWE Mercedes thing, though, is, like, they let you go and act like you weren't worth it, even though you just... Even though you displayed a ton of passion two different times when you walked out for the exact same reason, right? She, she's not walking out because she's not winning the championship on SmackDown or Raw. She's not walking out because she's not main eventing WrestleMania. She walked out both times because of fucking your stupid ass new women's tag team titles that you're not taking seriously that she's trying to fucking make relevant. So it's not like this is a, this is a Hulk Hogan thing where nah, I gotta keep the title, brother, right? For eight years in the early yeah. 90s, right? So it's not the same. And to still let her walk because you don't view her on the same level as a Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair or even a Ronda Rousey because clearly y'all think she's fucking high up there. And then you see what she goes and does by herself with no machine backing her. And she does that after being off of TV for how long? And like you said, sold out that fucking show pretty much by herself. I mean, Hiroshi Tanahashi no kind of has something to do with it, but for it to be in America... And that for all was, those Sasha stands to come over and buy that. That one was announced after. Yes, no, I and, agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that was yeah, the yeah. only match that announced or whatever at the time that it was going to be her first match. Uh, so she sells it out or whatever. And then she has the match that she had with Kyrie, which was fucking great. And then everybody's act- reacting positively to her. She's still doing all these red carpets and stuff. And then the first chance you got to start talking to her again, what you should have done was. Yes, 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 yes. Have whatever the fuck you want. Not fucking, nah, their demands are too big. Work around them. You're fucking WWE for fuck's sakes. 
We don't know. Look, it could have been some crazy shit, bro. What if she wanted to win the universal title? You don't know. Then um, do it. No, fuck no. Ever beat on. Cody the night after WrestleMania? Be real. Um, so all I'm saying is wrestling has more than we don't royal, know what the one royal were. family, Ryan. Just so, so you know. Her and fucking Snoop Dogg are the other family? Yes. Okay, get out of here. Um, so the, the thing is, w the whole point that I'm making is her demands would have had to have been pretty crazy. I don't think they could have been that no. crazy, dude. Could they really? If she literally said, I just want to wrestle in Japan still and here. That is crazy to them, man. They're not going to give Bushi Road control over her booking. Then you go to AEW. That's what. I'm, well, then that's you go to AEW. Probably make the most sense for it. That's that way, your home be base is in other promotions. Probably want to be for the most of your time anyway. But then you could still go travel to Japan whenever for the big shows and stuff, and they can still use you. She yes, could do her mix tag with I, Okada. I fully, in, I fully believe that's what she should do, and not even because I'm an AEW guy. It's just because that makes the most sense from what we're, the information that we're getting from her and her camp about what she wants to do in wrestling. It makes the most sense for her to go to an AEW than it would a WWE. If you still want to wrestle in Japan, just based Stardom on what she's publicly TJ, that she TJBW wants, yeah. or DDT or New Japan or Forbidden Door or whatever have you, whatever what have you, then you should go to AEW. Um, more interesting to me, maybe not more interesting. I should I should reword that. By the way, but, I will say that if I'm if I'm Tony Khan, I'm having the same the same re uh, reply to her demands as I would if I was Triple H. Yes, 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 yes. I don't care who the fuck you are. Yes. Um, but I do agree with you that AEW views that kind of stuff differently and are more willing to work around that type of thing as we've seen with Moxley and Omega and uh, FTR, etc. Well, Kyrie is apparently a free agent. Too. Yeah, I saw that. And that's almost more interesting to me because you bring her into AEW and then have Mercedes, Mercedes follow. follower. Yeah. 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 I think that would be that would be interesting. Speaking of people um, that were almost going to Japan, did you see the reports that Dakota Kai and Io Shirai almost went to uh, stardom before Triple H talked them back to come back for that WrestleMania debut? Yeah, I did see that. Um, and where they're at right now, uh, they kind of did their their big damage controls very serious and very dangerous arc, and now they're kind of back where they were. So I will say that I was going to say that it. I would have preferred to see them in Japan, but I will say that they have a very high profile match at WrestleMania. I mean, I can't... You're going to be in a match with Trish, Lita, and Becky at WrestleMania. I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal from where you were before. So, like, I'm not going to knock on them, knock them for coming back. I mean, clearly they're going to lose that match. But I'm not going to knock them for coming back when that's the, the match they're in at WrestleMania. Now, if they were in some bullshit match at WrestleMania or not even on the card, then I'd be like, nah, you should have went to fucking Japan the whole time. <laughs> um, but right now, it's, it's paying dividends for them. I think it was a... I, I wouldn't say it was the wrong choice. How about that? Uh, I mean, it's probably more money. <laughs> At the very least. Yeah, yeah, you got even that if for you too, yeah. Even if they're not thrilled about their booking right now, it's, it's gotta be more money. Um, could you imagine if they both went and Mercedes went too, though? Like, Stardom could have had, like, probably the best women's division. I mean, they already do, really. Yeah. If you watch it on a regular basis, you'll know what I'm talking about. But, uh, that, that's just a lot of, to keep up with. That kind of injection of U.S., uh, casual fan base knowledge to go watch that shit because they love Dakota, they love EO, they love Mercedes. Would have been a big bump for them, dude. Would have been a big yeah. bump. Yeah. Alright, let's get to the next topic here. Uh, this is the last topic, actually, of Hot Tag Topics. 
We're going to Impact, which we don't talk about often, but this was a significant thing right here. Mickey James and Josh Alexander both got hurt and both had to relinquish their titles, dude. <laughs> That's what so kind of unlucky. bad luck, extreme warfare revenge type shit is this, dude? Somebody played a, a injury card. I don't, man. That's super unlucky. That sucks. Um, we we talk about how derailed AEW got from um, Punk being out and then Elite getting also kicked out at that same time, and it feels pretty similar to that. Like you just fucked up the entire top of your card. Um, this one, you know, it's a little bit less intentional, but Jesus, that's yeah. Mickey James just ended up beating. Um... I think she'd be Jordan Grace, possibly, in the title versus career match or whatever it was. It's like dark in here. So then she got to keep the title or whatever, and then you turn around and get hurt or whatever, and you got to drop it anyway. Ooh, that's fucking brutal. Josh Alexander, who was on a nice run with the title again, he drops it. Man, it's that's that's not great. And they just had a really, really uh, loud and invested crowd in Canada. I don't know if anybody saw the clip of Scott Demore. Uh, fucking doing the, doing the Canadian destroyer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the fans were fucking hyped though. Like, they they need more of those types of audiences, honestly, in Impact because that really helps with the product when you're watching it. That shit at Universal or whatever, or the Impact Zone or whenever the wherever the fuck they film their shit now. If they're back in Tennessee, I don't know where the fuck they are anymore. Uh, but that crowd, when you got the same studio fucking crowd all the time, and they they're already used to seeing that shit every week or multiple tapings in a row, and they're fucking dead does not come off well on tv at all and does not does not help you get invested but that crowd in canada though for that sacrifice show that was insane there was I an can, interesting conversation that. uh the other day about sort of the same idea like you've got crowds that are oh it's the same people all the time at the same crowd they were talking specifically about dark so dark they used to not charge for people to go in and watch dark and uh apparently jeff jarrett was like well that's fucking stupid Charge them like 10, 20 bucks, whatever, and then you'll get different people coming in. It's not the same people every time we just come to have something to do that day. You'll have people that actually want to be there who aren't just using it to kill a day. And uh, they'll be more hype. You get more mixed people in, whatever. And apparently the, the atmosphere has been better since that started. So, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, there's no one said you had to charge an arm and a leg, but some people are just are so cheap that they're like, nah, I don't want to pay for that. Or I can't do that yeah. every week or whatever. And then somebody else will be like, well, I can. I can go ahead and fit this show in. That'd be a cool little fucking thing to do because that's pretty much like taking you and your friend to the movies, right? I mean, right. movies fucking cost a shit ton of money now. So if you're going to spend $20 a ticket and you can watch a wrestling show or a couple wrestling shows, then yeah, you go fucking do that and then you bounce out and have somebody else come in and then you can still make revenue to the point where you're offsetting running the show or possibly even pay some of the talents that were there without having to dip into a fund that was, uh, that was getting blasted because you're basically just losing money for running dark. Because they're really yeah. the only revenue they were making was YouTube ads, right? During those during those types of shows. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree with Jeff Jarrett on that. No one said you had to fucking charge two hundred dollars to get into a fucking dark and dark elevation. But you know, ten dollars, twenty dollars, it's still gonna create some kind of fucking uh, rotation in and out between the fans. So yeah, I think that's a good move too. Yeah. But back to this. This is not good. I mean, at least you got Jordan Grace to fall back in the women's division. But who are you falling back on? Josh Alexander not having the title. They sure the hell ain't Bully Ray. So maybe it is. Man, I swear to God, dude. I swear to God. You know, actually, before we before we get to that real quick, just I, I kind of wanted to talk about this when I saw it. I want to get your thoughts on it. I already know what I kind of already know what your thoughts on it are, but just to throw this out there, 
if Tony Khan had been caught on video at a post show doing a fucking Canadian destroyer on somebody, do you think the reaction to that would have been nearly as positive or like finding it as interesting as when Scott Demore did it? Zero chance. Zero fucking chance. Why is that? Because people hate AEW for existing. Yeah, weird, right? Literally hate it for existing. TNA, at the time, hated so much because of what Hogan and Bischoff did to that fucking company and then Dixie Carter as well. She's not absolved, obviously. They fucking ran that company into the ground so bad, right, that they're still not fully recovered from it. I mean, it's still part of the reason I don't know if they ever will be. But yes, Scott Demore comes in. He's doing a he's doing a great job, whatever. But they're still pretty much a fucking Ring of Honor sized thing, right? Yeah. He shows up on TV just as much. Actually, he shows up more on TV than Tony Khan does. All right. Because Tony Khan has more money and a bigger product and bigger wrestlers. God forbid he goes out there and does it. But fucking forget Scott. De- Why aren't we talking about when fucking Vince used to come out and he had a whole goddamn character every fucking week and 18 segments on the show. No one was bitching about that. It was me. Him Austin. versus Austin was the biggest fucking rivalry in wrestling. What are you talking about? Out. Why would it be such a bad fucking... Man, you already knew I was going to go off on this. Why would it be such a fucking bad idea if fucking Tony Khan came in and did a Canadian Destroyer through a ladder like Pinta on somebody? Who gives a fuck? I don't care. <laughs> If you didn't care back then, why the fuck would you care now, dude? It makes the business look bad. It's different. Vince McMahon was huge. Tony Collins little. The Authority, and let's talk about more modern. The Authority. Mm. The Authority fucking took up so much goddamn TV time, it was ridiculous, dude. Yeah. And no one said shit about that. I mean, I'm sure they complained about them being on TV or whatever, but it wasn't to the extent that it would be if Tony Khan hit a Canadian destroyer. You're not going to hear Jim Cornette bitch about fucking... Uh, Scott Demore fucking hitting a Canadian destroyer. We might not gonna do it. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Well, somebody will see. I won't because I don't listen to that fucking idiot. But someone will see. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. If it was Tony Khan, it's all anyone would have talked about. It would have been kind of like the MGF throwing the drink on the kid thing. Fucking amazing pay per view. Yeah. But let's talk about this one specific thing to try to make it seem like the whole AEW show that was wasn't bad even aired. It was and... post show, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I completely agree. But hopefully Impact can rebound. It'll be interesting to see how they do it. If if it's me, that title's going on either Deanna or fucking Jordan Grace. And then I don't know what the fuck you're doing with the Impact World title. I, I know Jordan no Grace way. has that bodybuilding competition coming up. I think she's... I think last time I saw her, she was like a week out. Yeah. She looks fucking great. She's so ready for that goddamn thing, dude. She's completely changed her mind. I got a she question for you. Crazy. We're asking each other's questions, and you know more about bodybuilding competitions than I do. Mm-hmm. On her latest Instagram post, she said that she just had her last leg workout before the competition next week. Why so long before? Won't, she, won't her legs lose the definition that she's looking for in a week? Well, you're talking... So there's the difference between the actual, like, working out for hypertrophy and then, like, the temporary pump that she'll probably do some shit to do, like, right backstage, whatever. So if you ever watch, like, Pumping Iron, the documentary, or any other, like anything about bodybuilding ever um they do kind of they do relax a little bit to give their bodies time to recover for that last week but when they're backstage and doing all their their bronzing tanning oil prep whatever the fuck they're usually back there doing like really high reps of really low weights too to get that pump right before they go out on stage they'll take whatever glucose supplements to like um get some glucose pump in the muscles too 
So when she says last workout before then, it's not like she's not going to do um, probably like some really high rep, low weight stuff on the day of to get the muscles to pop right before she goes out on stage. She just means like the last like workout workout before her recovery period before the show. So um, also, I imagine she's probably going to spend a couple days uh, probably actually I haven't looked at the, the what the protocols are in a while. Uh, what people are currently using. But I remember like five or six years ago, there was a very specific, I think it was like five days of very specific water consumption and manipulation in order to be as dry as possible before you go out. And probably don't want to do any heavy lifting while you're super dehydrated like that either. So I'm sure that's part of it too. So she's probably doing some some water manipulation stuff, um, which they all she's do. Gonna be, she's going to be irritated like Rhea Ripley at an airport all this week. I promise you. Uh, Brother, those people at the airport are annoying as fuck. I saw that video. Jesus Christ. Apparently that wasn't even new. That wasn't that video was from when she won the Royal Rumble. Like right after the Royal Rumble when she won. That was that video. That's crazy. Cause you gotta remember she's she was in there at number one. Remember? She was number one. She yeah. went through that whole fucking Royal Rumble, fucking stayed there probably the entire show to watch everything else, and then fucking had to go on the airport. She looked tired as fuck. And she had to do that shit. A bunch I only of saw weird, one wrestling like, shirt in the video, by the way. Like, a bunch of weird fucking 45-year-old men who can't take social cues that, like, she doesn't want to be there, she's tired as fuck, she doesn't want to talk to you. And, like, people forget sometimes, I think, because she's famous or whatever. This is a 26-year-old girl. Like, she's not, like... It's hard to explain the... Because you think her being famous, her being a celebrity, whatever, that the power imbalance is always going to be in, in her favor. But, like, at the end of the day, she's still a 26-year-old girl. And she's going to be awkward about telling people, like, no, you can't have my time. Like, no, like, the, the boundary setting just gets really fucking weird. The amount of people in that video who just could not take the hint that she didn't want to be there was so fucking frustrating to watch. Dude. Yeah, it's, we played, uh, we did the, we did the Rey Mysterio one a couple weeks yeah. back. And this one was, this one was almost felt worse. Like, she looked, I mean, obviously she was tired. But it comes off as just like a depressing video to just to even watch. Her Mysterio yeah. was more aggravated, like annoyed. She was just so fucking tired that it didn't even look like she could feel another emotion. <laughs> That's how tired she yeah. looked. It was fucking crazy. And she's over there uh, signing people's autographs and shit. And then apparently it happened again recently because she had made a post on Twitter about it. So the video is from after the Royal Rumble, but apparently it happened again. And that's when she was like, I'm not signing anything else ever at an airport. I mean, I I'm like, oh, that's cool with me. I, I don't care. It doesn't affect me at all. But some, somebody needs to say it. More people need to say it. In fact, WWE literally should come out on Twitter with a fucking statement that says our fucking uh, talent will no longer sign autographs at airports. Then you can deter a lot of them away from the get-go instead of them fucking still trying to do it. I mean, someone was yeah. still going to try, obviously. It's just but for my still wipe out a lot of 10 fucking Funko Pops and 20 cards and... Just come out with a fucking yeah. statement by WWE. Like, I don't understand why that's such a hard thing to do. You're, you're followed yeah. by a million people. Post it on everything that you have, all your social media. You talk, you tout how many numbers you have on social media, right? You tout that shit all the time. How many followers we have on Instagram? How many followers we have on Twitter? How many subscribers we have on YouTube? Fucking release a statement. Just release a statement. It's not hard. Yeah. Um, the one of the things that got brought up was uh, I think I think it was Xbox maybe. He said something about like why why isn't there like someone there to act as like security escort like whatever. a handler almost yeah 
like yeah. an agent. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know what? That's a that's not a bad question. Why isn't there someone there like that? And you got to figure it's like money costs or whatever. Um, or she just she's going to a home airport that maybe the security people aren't going to, and that was like her last stop. Or I don't know, but like, it was um. Because they it don't have entourages like basketball players and football players and shit like that, yeah. right? Because their friends, guess what, are other wrestlers that they're also going to want their autographs for. So you can't use that. So you got to have literally like like the person yeah. that went to the basketball game with Liv Morgan type deal. You need somebody right. like that to fucking step in and be like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> You're not, we're not signing anything. Right. You. The thing is, <laughs> when your entire income is based on your ability to have fans and draw fans, you're going to be less inclined to... Um, tell fans to fuck off but somebody else should be there to tell them to fuck off so that you don't have to look like the bad guy and it can look like it's an administrative procedural like policy thing as opposed to you being not willing to engage or whatever the fuck but like the fact there's even that expectation for them to engage to begin with is just so ridiculous man. Um, I can't like I've seen people in airports before right not wrestlers but I've seen celebrities in airports before um, especially like Toronto stuff like that and not once has it ever occurred to me to go up to him and be like, hey, man, I really like blah, blah, blah. Like, can we talk for a little bit? Can you sign something for me? Bro, like, it, it's just real weird to me. I don't get that whole thing. Now, the people that do it as a as a side hustle that are trying to do it to make money, that's even fucking worse. They don't really care about the people at all. Like, it's just real weird to me. Real weird. Yeah, if it's a, if it's a little kid running up or whatever, I get it. Like, I get that. Yeah. But even then, you don't want to do that in front of the other fucking people because then it's going to be like you're fucking picking and choosing and playing favorites, even though you are and you should because you understand the yeah. difference and you can read the room. But right. yeah, I get why they... And But you don't want to hurt your fucking actual fans that are in those scrums either. So you feel bad for the actual people that might... Because there might be somebody on there because you saw one person holding out this fucking thing and had a shit ton of signatures all over it. That person might just be going back and hanging it back in their wall and just wanted everybody's signature on it, right? Because it was like a WrestleMania or... Royal Rumble thing or whatever the fuck that was. And there are a few people like that. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of people like that. But then, of course, you talk about, like, the Ray Mysterio video where you got fucking eight Funko Pops in your fucking hand. We know exactly what you're doing. You're not even trying to hide it. It's fucking weird. I don't get it. I don't get it. But, yes, I agree. There should definitely be somebody going in, the, in these places, in these airports, and traveling with these people. Um, even if you have to assign, like, one person to two wrestlers or something so that you don't have so many fucking people because obviously one person is gonna, isn't gonna gonna be able to stop a whole fucking horde of people uh, if you're, well, if you're watching multiple, if you're watching multiple talent it's not about physically holding them off it's literally just saying hey no they've got places to be like it's just acting as that uh, the buffer between them and acting as a a representative of policy and making it sound like it's a policy thing. That's all you really need yeah, to Yeah, I would, do. like, if you want a million, uh, if you want a million dollar idea, somebody out there, you know how you got Atlas Security for AEW, just come up with your own security fucking thing that travels to shows with these people and you, and you literally just step in and be like, ah, uh, no, I mean, not today. it's not like private security is a new idea. The, the problem is that, um, if the company's not paying for it, that gets prohibitively expensive when they're making like 250 a year or whatever some of these people are making. Like, paying for private security the reason that you see it with nba players and rappers and whoever else you were mentioning earlier as examples as having entourages because they make a lot more fucking money it's very easy to afford private security when you make that much money wrestlers they're you know aside from the very very top guys usually aren't making that much i think the salaries came out not that long ago for um, what some of the old numbers used to be and it was pretty much just john cena triple h like even batista wasn't over a million back then 
Um, yeah, you're talking about the 2006 was, numbers yeah. that Eddie Guerrero was getting shafted. Yeah. Right. So you look at the disparity between like the top of the card and the low card, and you kind of understand like why they're not paying for private security. Um, and I understand it's it's probably a little bit cost prohibitive for the company to send security with someone to every fucking airport. But then you just hire people in the cities of the major airports, you know, or like you have somebody assigned to come do it on those days. They don't have to be like on call 24 seven. It's a contract. Yeah, you, can, with a security you, can, company. you can book that ahead just like you do the fucking hotel rooms or the yeah. tickets in the in general. Um, there's also the still obviously the report that WWE still makes them pay for all that kind of shit too on a lot right. of shows and I mean not the big shows obviously but some a lot of the other shows and then of course that was a big thing with Dave Meltzer and then Tony Khan responding to him because he thought he was talking about AEW as well mm-hmm. where Tony Khan literally pays for everything right every fucking yeah. thing it came out that he's paid for the room the the rent a car the ticket the plane ticket he pays for it all so that's fucking insane so I mean like it can be done it's just one company seems to be very cheap and one company doesn't take that 17.4 million that Vince just paid back and go fucking put that towards it Unless it does. Go. It does raise an interesting question if you think about the fact you don't see these same uh, videos and complaints from AEW people, really. Like you don't, you don't have the videos of the AEW people getting swarmed with autographs when they don't want to be. Um, I mean, they do it signings and stuff, but never. You don't really see like a lot of airport videos and things like that. The and other, of course, you the know, other crazy thing to me is like, I understand if okay. So on one hand, you got WWE doesn't want to do it because of money reasons. And on the other hand of it. You're going around and you just have the wrestler out there by themselves. That can get dangerous. That could yeah. turn into a Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose stalker situation. You don't know what the fuck could happen if you tell the wrong person no and they're having a bad day and the wrestler's having a bad day and then they fucking stalk them out to outside the airport, which is what Rhea Ripley was complaining about because they followed right. her outside the airport too. Well, Man, that's what I'm saying. People she forget she's, like a, she's a 26-year-old girl, bro. She's not like... You know, it sounds minimizing to say that given all her accomplishments and, you know, everything else, but... At the end of the day, she's a 26-year-old girl. Like, she's... It's it's an awkward fucking situation to put her in. Yeah, like, you got the celebrity of a fucking uh, K-pop group, but you're by yourself with no fucking security right. or anything around so you. And weird. it's fucking... That's dangerous as shit. Super dangerous. Yeah. Um, and we already know how weird WWE fans are in general. And yeah, I, don't I, mean that, I don't mean that as uh, an AEW versus WWE accounts. thing. I mean that as a... I mean that as a fucking... I've been to enough shows to know that people are fucking weird. Um, hey, or just go on the, the role-playing Twitter accounts, bro. It's... <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. All right. So let's hit up the monster quiz for my boy. Are you ready for this? Sure. Speaking of impact, this is an impact-related question. Oh, my God, dude. Come... Yeah, you're literally just picking these at this point because you know I don't watch fucking impact. Impact-related question? It's not that hard. <sighs> All right, go ahead. All right. Here we go. Mickey James has had five reigns as women's knockout champion, but her longest reign was only 133 days. Who has yep. the record for the longest reign in women's knockout history? Is it A, Taya Valkyrie, B, Gail Kim, or C, Tessa Blanchard? Fuck. Um... Huh. No, Gail Kim was. Uh, Gail Kim was a pretty early one. Longest, like combined, or longest one time. Longest one time. Fuck. I know Gail Kim had it first and had it for a really long time, but I don't know if that's. They were putting a lot on her for a while. 
Um, shit. But Taya Valkyrie had it. Because that's, I think this is when I first heard of Taya Valkyrie was because she had such a long reign. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, when we used to talk about women's wrestling, one of the things that we used to always say was that uh, TNA was pretty fucking bad. But their women's division for the longest time was so much better than everybody else's women's division. And I remember that conversation coming up a long a lot around the that Tessa Blanchard, Aya Valkyrie, um even Diana Prazo, Gail Kim sort of Jordan period. Grace. Yeah. Jordan yeah, Jordan Grace too. I know Gail Kim had a couple long runs. I know she was really... I, she might have even been their first one. But I know she was like a really early champion for them when they first separated that out. But I don't think she had the longest one. Who's the third choice? I'm trying not to use my hands. I don't want to go over to that window. The third choice is Taya, Gail, and Tessa. Uh, I don't think it's Tessa. Tessa was there for a little bit, but she wasn't there long enough to have the longest reign. So it was either Gail or... I said Gale probably had the most reigns. I think it was cumulative. It might be Gale. But I think that's how you're trying to trick me. Because she was champion a lot, but I don't know if consecutively she was longer than Taya was. Can, can, I, can I ask for... I don't know if... Okay. You can you can choose to answer this or not, but it'll help me answer the question. Who did who did Taya beat for the belt? It's I remember it's either it was either Tessa or Jordan. Yeah, that's what I feel like too. I I think it was Tessa, and then Jordan beat Taya. It's been so fucking long though. This is like pre-COVID. Um, okay, I'm pretty confident it's not Tessa. I'm going to take her out. I think Gail Kim had the longest cumulative reign. But I'm pretty sure the longest single reign was Taya. I think she had beaten... I'm pretty sure she beat Tessa, started that a pretty long run, and then it was Jordan Grace who finally dethroned her. And that was like the big deal at the time was that Ty Valkyrie had finally lost and it was to Jordan Grace. But that was the problem is I was pretty much only keeping up with the knockout stuff in TNA, wasn't really paying attention to anything else going on, and I was often on it so much at the time. Cause I don't fucking like TNA. But I did keep up with the knockout stuff because I thought it was better than the, the WWE women's division at the time. I'm gonna say Taya, but if if it is if it's Gail, I wouldn't be surprised. I know she had it a long time. Overall, I know she was she's been their champion a lot, but I think Taya had the longest single reign. Yeah! So yeah! 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 
<laughs> yeah, baby. Um, okay. This is fucking bullshit. You know, I'm gonna start making you put your ha hands behind your head. You can. I... No fucking screen share? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got it right. Ty is the answer. Uh, da -da 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 Gail Kim is the most cumulative. She has seven reigns or something, the most reigns. What's her uh, longest one? Because it had to be pretty comparable. What? Gail Kim's longest single reign. No, it's not comparable, actually. No? I don't think so. How long was Taya's? I don't know. Was there only, it's there, she's only one-time champ. Hmm. She did beat Tessa, though, right? She beat Tessa and then Jordan beat her. It's something like that. Why the fuck are you asking me questions you don't know the context? <laughs> I didn't read. I didn't write all that shit down like I said I was going to start doing. Oh, okay. Cool. Give me my belt back. Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me my belt back. Boy. I know uh, Angelina Love had it a shit ton of times, too. Listen, you'll get me one day. Okay. I've already gotten you. Let's see. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I have missed a couple. Okay, here we go. Alright, so. It's like if I ever give him my belt. Come on. Give me a second, dude. I'm looking up your Come on, Dana White. questions. Velcro it right around my waist. Number maybe. of reigns, Gail Kim, seven. Okay, Mickey James, yeah. five. Combined days is 711 for Gail Kim. Uh, Taya had it once for 377 days. Jesus. Gail's was probably what? Her longest is what? 200 something? Uh, Gail Kim's longest? 85. Hold on, let me look. 85. Gail Kim, Gail Kim. 210. She was her, was she their first one or their second? 210 is probably going to be her highest. 210, 88. Two thirty oh, two thirty two. Two thirty two seven. <laughs> That's when she uh, got an injury. Yeah. Uh and then the CM won. Punk rain, baby. And then one when she got the when she retired right after she won it. Gotcha. So yeah. Um Gail was there hundred days hundred days less than fucking Ty. She was there Gail was their first or their second champion? That shit's first. Really it was Gail, then Awesome Kong, and then that's when Taylor Wilde came in and be, did the whole underdog thing. Came out of nowhere on an open challenge and beat Awesome Kong. Mm. Gotcha. I remember Awesome Kong had it for a bit, too, yeah. Cool. Just for fun, do you know who the uh, the shortest reign is? I mean, not the shortest reign, but the Gail short, Kim, right? shortest, no, the shortest combined days, I should say. Oh. No, that could be anybody. Yeah, it's it's havoc with one rain for three days. Guess <laughs> havoc. Yeah, would not have guessed that one. All right, so let me go ahead and write down. You are now seven and two. Hey, and here is your title. One. Thank you. Enjoy it because you're not getting the other title anytime soon after these other prediction shows. I'm just letting you know. We'll see. Put that off. All right, so. The show's not over, my guys. We gotta do 
Shoot or Kayfabe making its reappearance. We haven't done this one probably since like probably the fourth or fifth uh, Twitch episode. So I guess it doesn't always make sense, but we'll figure it out. Shooter Kayfabe. Here we go. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read a statement and Ryan's going to tell me if it's shoot or Kayfabe. Shoot obviously is true. Kayfabe is false. All right. Now, this, is, this is strictly opinionated based. This is not like the monster quiz. There's not no right answer, no wrong answer. This is just your opinion. Listen, true or false? There can, there can be right answers on opinions. I'll, I will argue this forever. You can, you can have the opinion that Pac-Man has better graphics than fucking God of War. You're still wrong. It's a wrong opinion. That that opinions can't be wrong shit is nonsense. All right, get me. I don't I don't see how that would be anybody's opinion, but okay. But it would be an opinion. All right. Shooter kayfabe time. Let's go. Shooter kayfabe. Number one. Jay White is redebuting for AEW on April fourth in New York City. Shoot or kayfabe. Now, if you don't, if you're not familiar with the situation, April 4th is when Juice Robinson is supposed to go one-on-one -on -one with Ricky Starks. For some reason, and I thought it was very odd that they booked this match uh, at that point instead of like on a rampage or what have you, and in New York where that was supposed to be a big deal to Juice Robinson, which he has no connection to. So <laughs> I thought that was very oh. weird. Also, no, by the way, just so side note: a Juice Robinson a Dalton Castle tag team would make my day. Just throwing that out there. Just rock hard all over the place. Um, <laughs> rock hard peacocks. Rock hard peacocks. <laughs> uh, I mean, it does got to get rid of the boys at some point. I think it is dragging them down. Uh, I don't know that replacing him with Juice is the move, but we'll see. Uh, I don't buy it. I'm gonna go kayfabe on this. I. Um, it's a weird setup to something that doesn't make sense. Why are we setting up to Jay White being involved in Ricky Starks? The the real follow-up they need to do with Jay White when he first comes in is Eddie Kingston stuff, which means they've got to wait for the Claudio shit to be over in Ring of Honor. I could argue that it's Adam Cole. You could argue that, but what's that got to do with Ricky Starks? No, I'm saying I could argue that that's where I would put Jay White in. Sure, but this scenario is that he's coming back in New York specifically because of the the Juice and Stark stuff, right? And I'm saying that probably not. So you're going kayfabe on this one? Yeah, I think it it would it might even make more sense to have White show up after um, Cole's match with Garcia. I'm hurt and I'm old uh, and I'm we'll fucking see. tired, and I work with fucking children. All right, so let's go to number two. Charlotte Flair should just stay heel forever. Shoot or kayfabe. <laughs> For uh, those that okay. don't know what I'm talking about before you answer and I played the sound, she definitely gave a heel promo on SmackDown, my guy. And she's supposed to be the face against Rhea Ripley. Is she like got the Brandy Rhodes syndrome where she just can't help it but to be a fucking heel? What's going on here? That or the, the Paige syndrome, yeah. Uh, or Soraya, rather. Soraya. Um... The problem is that it's hard to cheer for her because she has everything going for her. Um, she's tall, she's nat naturally athletic, she's a nepotism baby, got brought in by her very, very, very famous fucking wrestling father. Um, it's hard to get behind somebody like that. Like, uh, for at least for extended periods of time. Um, forever's a long time, 
I don't think I would ever say anybody should be any one thing forever as far as uh, alignment because there's always going to be some storyline or situation that comes up where character-wise it would be really two-dimensional and stupid for them to just stay bad all the time. Like Even Undertaker didn't fucking do that and he was literally like a dead mortuary man or whatever. Yeah, it was just silly. Um, I think that she works a lot better heel. I think the crowd has a better reaction to her as a heel. But as far as being heel forever, no, I don't think so. Uh, I can't that. I'm hurt and I'm old and I'm fucking tired and I work with fucking children. All right, two kayfabes. Now we go to the third one. Ring of Honor, Super Card of Honor will be the best show of the year so far after <laughs> April 3rd. Now, so mm-hmm. I'm saying this because I don't know if you guys have seen the card or not, but that fucking card is stacked. Now, of course, it's got strong competition with Revolution already being hailed as one of the best AEW pay-per-views of all time and Wrestle Kingdom, which had fucking Jay White and Okada and Osprey Omega on it and the debut of Mercedes Monet, among other things that happened on that show. Uh, So, when April 3rd arrives and WrestleMania 39 is over, is Ring of Honor going to be the best show of the year at that very moment? Listen, it's got some great matches on there, but I think... Listen, don't get me wrong. I love Eddie Kingston. I think he's a great character. I think he's a really great promo. I think his matches are good. I don't think that anything that Claudio and Kingston do in the ring is going to come close to anything that happened at Revolution. So, I understand the it's a really stacked card argument, but I don't think anybody's going to wake up the next day and say that was better than Revolution. So, kayfabe on that one. I'm hurt and I'm old and I'm fucking tired. And I work with fucking children. Three K faves. Three for three. He doesn't believe yeah, in any listen, of it, guys. He I don't believe listen, in any of it. I'm a natural skeptic, baby. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I, again, I love Eddie Kingston. I, I like everything he's done in his whole fucking career. I even liked when he ran over the little kid, okay? But, I don't think that that match is gonna, is, nobody's gonna walk away from the Kingston Claudio match thinking that it was better than MJF Brian. I, I just don't see it happen. So. But let's just say the, all the other matches hit too. Um, I mean, that's... It, they probably will. Like, you have um, the the Reach for the Sky thing will be really good with the with the teams that you've got involved in that, especially Lucha Brothers and stuff like that. We're probably going to win it. I, I imagine Lucha Brothers are going to win. I'm sure Mark had some say in the booking of this since he's the one relinquishing the titles and with the you know the the J situation and all that, um, I know he's close with them. So I'd be very surprised if if Lucha Brothers didn't win, and I'm sure that match will be great. I just I don't think overall the card is because remember when we talked about Revolution the next day, it was like the weakest match on the card was still a really good match. Yeah, it was just like three way, yeah, right, and it was just weak uh, contextual. Yeah, as a standalone well, match, Jericho, as a main event, Jericho and Starks was the weakest. Great. Jericho and, the, Jericho and Starks was the weakest going in as far as how much hype I was for it. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But so yeah, I, even, I, that, even that held up. I don't but think... It, I don't have... Okay, so of course, Vikino and fucking Commander is going to fucking be insane, right? Mm-hmm. By the way, I think it's going to probably be Rush and Jalistica, but we won't know that until we do our predictions. 
but that's the kind of way that I'm leaning, just because they have more of a connection with Ring of Honor, and there's no, really no reason to put it on Lucha Brothers, uh, yeah. who are on the main roster all the time. It makes no sense to have them in Ring of Honor. Uh, also, Tough Flight would be a good pick, but I think it'll probably be Rush and Jalistico right now. We'll see when we get to the prediction if I change my mind or not. But I get what you're saying. Listen, it should be Aussie Open. Let's let's be real. Here's the nice thing about that match is that, aside, and again, I, I always feel bad shitting on the kingdom because I understand what they've done and their contributions and everything. And More I think kingdom hate on the show, man. I like the kingdom. I know you do. And I like, listen, I like Mike Bennett as a person. I think he seems really cool. Uh, he's His whole thing is very inspiring. Um, I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression. But as a tag team, I'm just, I, I've, they've never really clicked with me. I've never been super into them. And it's just one of those things. Like, I, you know, I feel the same way about um, a lot of people that people actually really like. Uh, sometimes it just doesn't work for me. That being said, I think aside from the kingdom winning, I'd be fine with any of the teams in this match winning. So I, I think that'll be a really good match just for all the, the tension of who could possibly win that. There's no obvious clear victor there. Um, I think the Samoa Joe-Mark uh, Briscoe match will be good. Um, Athena versus Yuka's, uh, Yuka is going to be great, but I don't think anybody expects Yuka to win. Um, Shibata and, and Yuta The only is, way the... Uh, if Yuka wins... For what I said last week about Athena possibly joining the Outcast becomes a bigger possibility, mm. is what I think. If they are going towards a four-on-four, five-on-five, blood and guts match, and you were asking me who else would join the Outcast, well, Athena would be a great pick because one, she'd already heal because she came in and tried to go against an AEW original in Jade and didn't get it done, and then she could join the Outcast and it would make sense. I think the biggest problem with that is that a lot of her um, presentation outside of the actual wrestling has been very like uh negative towards where she came from and you could kind of say the same thing about ruby but not exactly to the same extent and i think it would be weird to align herself with a faction based on i came from somewhere that didn't appreciate <laughs> so well, i don't I mean, that's true though i did come I, from somewhere that didn't appreciate her i also, understand i think that, she fits in with the aesthetic of the outcast i didn't say she had to be like a full-blown member or anything but to get to the point that you want to get to between one faction versus the other faction. Riho's not going to magically be in Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker's group. You get what I'm saying? But loosely associated with them to get to that match, I think that would make sense. I don't I don't need her to be a full-fledged member of the Outcast. I just need yeah. her to get to that point to be on their side in the possible Blood and Guts match, which I still don't know if that's where they're going with it, but that's where I would go with it. First ever female uh, or women's Blood and Guts match. Yeah. Um, I, I really want to see... Really want to see Yuka win, but I just know they're not going to do that. There's no way they do that. It doesn't make sense. Um, the Wheeler Yuta. I think a lot of Chipotle people had the conversation on. There was a conversation on Reddit. Who's the best women's wrestler in AEW? And I always say it's Sheeta. There's a lot of people that also say it's Yuka Sakazaki because of the work that she does yep. over overseas. She's really good over there. Problem is, she isn't really signed like Sheeta signed to AEW. So I don't really count her in that type deal. I still think it's Sheeta. I know you have a big uh, big vote for Serena among other people and Jamie Hayter obviously as well but uh, I've been saying Sheeta since day one I think she carried him through the fucking pandemic like Bailey did in the women's division for WWE um, super underrated uh, Rain she had the yeah. sweet match with Nyla Rose she had the awesome match with the, um, the other Japanese lady oh my god we just talked about this match and I forgot her name already but everybody thought she was going to come in and win she had won a tournament or some shit 
in, uh, oh my god, what was her name? Oh, I forgot her name off the top of my head. But they didn't sign her. I thought they were going to sign her, actually. Um, she had that really good match. And then she had another good match with Jamie Hayter, obviously, as well, when Jamie was the champion. She had a great match with Britt Baker as champion. Um, great matches with Serena as well. So, like, yeah. Cheetah, Cheetah carried there. I, I still think it's Cheetah, honestly, if I had to give a vote. But I get where people are coming from with the Yuka Sakazaki. So, I actually, personally, if she's going to stay a while, I wouldn't have a problem with her pinning and winning against Athena, and then, like I said, Athena getting catapulted back up to the main roster to do whatever. But I, mean, I guess it just depends on what we're really even trying to do with Ring of Honor at this point, because it's still so early, right? Because they're only having one show every few months. And they, they just started doing the TV thing, right? They literally well, when just you say, started. When you say one show every few months, what do you mean? Like one big pay-per-view? Pay -per -view. Okay, I got you. Yeah, because obviously they um, just started TV. They've only, what, had four episodes so far of regular yes. TV? So, yeah. So yeah, we're just getting into it. So we're still trying so to figure hard, out you know? and get the and tread in the direction that we want to go with Ring of Honor and try to figure out what it actually is supposed to be and what it's presented as because it's clearly not NXT like a lot of people wanted it to be. And Tony Khan said it wasn't going to be that, but because they're fluctuating back and forth, like there's no if it was NXT for real, there's no way that ha you would have Lucha Brothers there, right? There's Are we no sure? It's got, it's got Samoa Joe and Athena. Could be yeah, NXT. So like it's going to be a crazy fucking card. I think it's I think it's a great card and I think. The reason they did it is because it's WrestleMania week and because their next pay-per-view is until May. Yeah. Late May. So this this is one of the reasons why. And I literally said, literally said this last week when we were watching Vikino and fucking Omega. I was mm -hmm. like, dude, the real match I want to see is Commander versus Vikino. And then, no joke, days later, that fucking gets posted up by Tony Khan for the Ring yes. of Honor card. And I'm literally paying $40 for this match alone. Like, they could have had a shit, shit on the rest of this fucking pay-per-view. And I would have bought this pay-per-view because of this one match. I want to see this match so bad. And, you know the crazy thing is? Speaking of casual fans, guess who sent me a video clip of Vikino in, v in GCW a few a couple days ago? Our father oh, yeah. sent me a fucking clip <laughs> Oh yeah. on That's Facebook crazy. Messenger. Here we go. Here it is. March 25th, it was a fucking clip from Twitter. Oh no, that was me. It was a clip from YouTube. No, that was me too. Where did he send me this? Facebook. It was a Facebook reel. He sent me of, of a Vikino doing the 630 table spot in GCW. Mm. Sent me the clip and I said, uh, yeah, that's Vikino from Mexico. Just had a match in AEW on Dynamite with Kenny Omega and he did that move and some other crazy shit. On Friday night at Ring of Honor, he's going to go against Commander, who's just as insane. That match is going to be awesome. Then I sent him a YouTube video of some of the shit that Commander does. And I said, that's the guy he's going against. And then I showed him a couple of clips from the Kenny Omega match from Dynamite. And so, yeah. So my dad, who doesn't watch indie wrestling at all, and doesn't even really watch main wrestling anymore, and really he's only... I mean, he's the one that got me into wrestling as a kid, obviously, but he stopped watching it long, long time ago, right? Like... Attitude Era, stop watching. WCW. Yeah. The only time he ever watched it was when sometimes at my parties he would stay out there and watch some of the shows when we used to have parties for the Big Four in mm -hmm. WWE. And uh, like I said, I haven't been there for four years. So it's been a, he doesn't watch any of that stuff. And he went out of his way to show me Vikino. But you motherfuckers online are bitching about it not being a dream match. Shut the fuck up, dude. Dude that doesn't even watch wrestling anymore fucking sent me the video. Come on. <laughs> And not and not the video from the match. 
<laughs> a video from a completely from GCW movie. a GCW yeah, clip. GCW. He knew I was gonna fucking think it was insane, so he sent it to me, and I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah I know who that is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my boy Vikingo. I've been knowing about, been knowing about him. Um, he didn't need a ten minute video package to send me that clip. That is interesting. Uh, give him my uh, my watch ROH login. He can watch the uh, <laughs> he can watch the commander match. Um, Wait, how does that I mean, work? Aren't you still gonna have to pay for it? I already pay for it. No, no, I know you pay for the Ring of Honor shit. Mm-hmm. Don't you still have to pay for the pay-per-view, though? Probably. I'm going to. Okay. Well, I didn't know. You said give him the Ring of Honor login so he can watch Commander, is what you said. Yeah, like, when the match happens. Like, he can go in and watch it after it's... All right, so when I buy... Okay, so when I get Ring of Honor, I need to ask you this on... Just in case anybody else has this same issue. If I go and buy the Ring of Honor thing for the monthly subscription, right? Mm-hmm. Does pay-per-view is playing inside that, or is it still going to play on, like, Fight TV or fucking BR Live, though, is the question. I don't fucking know. I haven't, well, I haven't had saying, it. You can't give him the Ring of Honor fucking login if he's not going to be able to see the Commander match, is my whole point. Commander match is happening on pay-per-view. No. I understand. Um, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I have no idea. I They might not be included. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't. Um, I thought he, I thought there was I, a rumor going around that they were going to be in... They would, you would just get a... Uh, like a discount on it or something for having um what the fuck's it what's the service called again there's bleacher report there's fight honor there's, club uh, honor club, honor club. That's what i mean yeah. yeah so if you have honor club there was a report going around that saying that it was going to be you could get the pay-per-views at a discounted price because you already paid for honor club but i don't know how accurate that is this is really the first one since honor club started doing the week the weekly shows anyway so we, we won't know until this show obviously It'll i spend be more money on fucking show. wrestling pay-per-views than i do like new video games and stuff yeah, I haven't. I mean, I all these new video games I want to play, right? So they got uh, they got a new Star Wars game coming out. You still got the AEW one coming out that I want to play, um, and they have uh, oh my god, there's another one. There's like three or four games that are coming out that I really want to watch or really want to play, really, and haven't bought any of them, not pre-ordered any of them. But I literally went out of my way and bought Wrestle Universe and fucking the TJPW twenty dollars show on fucking fight. So I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? But I got to see about it yesterday because I, I bought uh, I bought RE4 remake and it was like sixty bucks and I was like fuck that's like that's only like ten dollars more than I pay for every AEW pay per view I paid ten dollars a month for uh, Watch ROH I pay I think like twelve a month now for uh, or whatever the the um, currency converted cost is for New Japan World like I I'm paying a little bit of money for fucking wrestling all the time. Yeah, now I got Wrestle Universe, Peacock, um, and I'm gonna get Ring of Honor here shortly as well. See, I have Peacock too, but I don't know why, because I already, I already have Sling now. I can probably get rid of that. What's that to do with Peacock, though? Because I was only using Peacock to watch um, Raw and SmackDown, but I can watch. Yeah, on Sling but you now. still can't watch. You still can't watch uh, SmackDown on Peacock. I mean, on uh, on Sling. They don't have Fox on it. Um, they do the, I just watched it last week, so they do the replay of it on FS1 at 10.30, and you can DVR those, I think. You have it on the DVR? I already added the all-access on DVR, just so you know. So you don't Pretty have to worry sure. about that. I don't know what I was watching, if not on there, then. Maybe I'd... I have the Fox Now right. app, and sometimes that works, but sometimes it doesn't. You may actually be right. I might have been looking at it and looked it up, and it was just old episodes on FS1, and then I went and found it somewhere else, now that I'm thinking about it. Friday was a long ass night. I don't know. 
Um, All right, we still got a. Uh, we still yeah. got Mark that tweet. You ready to do that? Oh, we got one this week. Who is? It? Oh Who's yeah, our baby? we got one. Oh yeah, we got one guy. You ready? Yeah. Now, I had to dig deep for this one. There wasn't a lot of dumb takes on Russell Cringe, which is usually where I get most of my shit, unless I go out of my way to see it on, on my own, right? Russell Cringe uh, is kind of cringe sometimes too, for the record. Um, but yeah, depending on which one, there's two different ones. There's one that's trying to be Russell Cringe, and then you try to do anti AEW shit. Not both of them. Um. But yeah, go ahead. All right, here we go. You ready? Mark Mm. that tweet. This is from at Paul Ace Fontaine. I don't like that Excalibur has names on the ready for some of these moves. I'd almost like a what the hell was that better in this case. Vikino is definitely spectacular. Hashtag AEW Dynamite. I want you specifically to go look at this tweet if he didn't delete it. (coughs) Excuse me. And look at his replies to some of the people that are like, what in the hell are you talking about? And he's still trying to say, I like Excalibur, I just wish he didn't know the names of the moves. What the fuck does that even mean, dude? Are you kidding me right now? That's his job. He watches more than just AEW. He watches more than just WWE. He watches everything. He knows the names of the moves. How is that a bad thing? Because you don't know the names of the moves? You don't want to know the names of the moves? I, I did see this. Um, I replied to it at the time, and I said, "I just I had to go look it up on my laptop over here." I said, "I sure wish the commentators acted like clueless, reactive children at a magic show, instead of showing they're actually knowledgeable about the sport and presenting the moves as legitimate practice techniques." Is certainly a take, <laughs> because that's what he's asking for. He's asking for the commentators just be like, "Oh wow, that was crazy! What was that? It was fucking stupid." If the entire idea of professional wrestling is that you're presenting it as a sporting event, then what they do would need to be practiced in legitimate techniques that are real things that people can do, but it's really impressive when they do them. Same as like if you're uh, if you're watching like figure skating or something. Like there's names for some of the crazy shit that's only happened once. And the reason that it's crazy when it happens and they call it out, it's like, oh my God, a double, triple, whatever the fuck axle. I don't know shit about figure skating, sorry. Um, like whatever the, the name of that about, would like, be. Skateboarding and snowboarding as well at the X Games where right. I don't know what the fuck they just said. Yeah, that's probably what I sound like when I'm at the, when I'm beside Robert. When I'm beside Billy Nash at these, when we're because he hasn't watched wrestling in forever. And I'm calling these moves before the announcers do or be, when you know that, that that's the next move that's coming up or whatever. And I'll just mm. yell out the name of the move and then he'll yell out the name of the move. Fucking Veli probably feels just like I do when I'm watching a fucking X Games event and I'm just sitting there like, huh? What the hell is that? But I still would rather them know the name of the goddamn move than not. Oh yeah, that was really cool. How the hell am I supposed to know uh, how difficult that was or how good, how big of a move that was uh, just judging based off the fucking scorecard and not knowing what the fuck he did. So when the next person does it, I still don't know what the fuck it is. The problem with the, um, and I, who's that fucking guy that's on Dark now? He does, he's, he's really impressive. Don't get me wrong. It's like Cartwheel. Yeah, Jack Cartwheel. Jack Cartwheel. So a lot of the stuff that he does, a lot of his flips and a lot of his gymnastic stuff, it doesn't have a name because it's not a real technique and it's just a lead up to a normal move. And I think the the difference that you really notice in, in what's being mentioned here is this idiot's fucking tweet is that when uh, Jack Cartwheel does that stuff, because it's not part of the move, it's like impressive, it's flippy, whatever, but it, it seems like it's for Flash. Whereas with, when Vikingo does like a 630 whatever the fuck that has a real name, when you call out that he's done that, it makes it seem deliberate. It doesn't make it seem like 
I'm just doing as many rotations in the air as I can to look cool. It makes it seem like this is something that he practices at to get good at to hurt other people with. And I think that's important, and I think minimizing that as, uh, oh, wow, what was that? That's so crazy. That just makes everybody involved look fucking stupid. Yeah, I, I can use the same uh, analogy to Jack Evans as a Jack Cartwheel, where you're just doing extra shit for no reason, and you could have just done the actual move, and it would have looked just as good. Um, but yeah, like, I don't, why would you not want the main guy? That's what you have Tony Schiavone for, to say, right. what the hell was that? That's what you have him for. And then Excalibur can tell you exactly what the fuck it was. Right. Like, what? That's you don't need three people job. that don't know what the fuck they're talking about up there. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and him specifically calling out Excalibur for it is the funniest fucking thing. Because he's not the, he's not the color commentator. He's the play-by-play. So you want your play-by-play guy to understand the fucking plays. It would be like if you had Mark Madden on... Or not Mark Madden. Uh, John Madden. Sorry. Mark Madden's a fucking idiot. John Madden. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, doing football commentary, and they get into a formation. And he's like, oh my god, what is this formation? <laughs> Why do you not know? You're the guy. You're the knowing guy. Know the stuff and tell me what it is. Yeah, and then... Absolutely fucking you stupid. Also have, you also have the rare occasions where Taz and Excalibur know the moves as different names, even though it's the same mm. move. And Taz will also say that name of that move. So you're not mad at Taz too for also telling you the name of the move? Yeah. Like, what, what the fuck are you talking Judah? about? Why are, we, why are we piling on Excalibur here? It doesn't make any sense for the for the commentator of the year voted on by the fans on Wrestling Observer or whatever. Mm. And to be in the Indie Hall of Fame this year, presented by GCW yep. and a couple other people. To not know how to do his job correctly. That's the dumbest yeah. shit. You want to just say what a maneuver every fucking time like Vince? Like, I don't what understand. What are you talking about? That is just one of the weirdest takes I've ever seen. Makes absolutely no sense. Vikino's definitely, like, he tries to stay positive the entire time, too. Even in the replies, it's like, but you're still not saying anything. What exactly do you want? Because like what he, he says he wants under- doesn't make any sense. The, the crazy thing to me is if he'd watched the match and heard how Excalibur was calling it, he was still calling it with the amazement in his voice and in his tone of it being a very impressive thing to do. So it's not like he's just like dryly like calling it in like a super sterile way that makes it boring or doesn't still put Vikingo over. It's just so stupid. So you're it's telling me that this guy really wanted, he wanted a Mauro Ranallo reaction where he got so hyped yeah. that he couldn't even call, that he couldn't even call the match, which is his job? That's what he wanted? Right. I don't, look, I I like Moro as a commentator and everything, but I don't need a fucking Mamma Mia. I like... Wouldn't you, yeah, but wouldn't you like Moro better as a color, though? He yeah, would be better exactly. as a color commentator. Yes, 100%. Yeah, like a Don West type deal. Yeah, you can go crazy over here and do all your little stuff or whatever, but I'm still going to call the fucking, I'll right. call the moves and shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to explain what's happening in the ring from a strategic point of view from the person doing it. And if you want to freak out and say, what the hell was that? And I say, that was a 630, blah, 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 But I still sound excited about it too, because it's so impressive. It doesn't hurt anybody. It's so weird to specifically there's a, there's a reason why. Noise. There's a reason why everybody says uh, no one else can do what Joey Styles did in ECW, because he did both. Yeah. And no one could do that. And people were oh, mad at him God. because he could do it and no one else could to the point where <laughs> WWE or where Vince was like, "No, you're going to have a you're going to have somebody with you at all times." But he can do mm. it by himself. No one else can do that no matter how good they are. Not Excalibur, not fucking Moro, nobody. Not Jim Ross back in the day. You always needed somebody to play off of. He's the only person that I've seen that's able to do that on a consistent basis. So, 
yes, Morrow is great, but Morrow would be a lot better if he was paired up with an Excalibur. Excalibur. Pat McAfee yeah. would be awesome with an Excalibur. Like, you have to have that person that goes fucking nuts and fans out on on certain stuff, and then Excalibur can still sit there, like you said, in an excited voice, like Tony Schiavone used to do with Jim Ross in WCW, and be like, oh my god, what was that? Mama Mia! And then Excalibur comes in and says, oh my god, 6.30 through the table. Like, it's not that complicated to understand. You got three fucking people up there, and you're fucking talking about what Exc- Excalibur is calling the move. Yeah, you gotta sorry, be out of your goddamn mind. What a pointless fucking tweet. Here's the thing, too. Like, we know what the moves are. <laughs> We're not commentators. But we know, know what those moves yeah, are. I know what they are. Yeah. yeah. We know that they're part of his repertoire. We know that he practices doing them. We know he's done them before. It would be completely fucking moronic for the guy whose job it is to know, to act like he doesn't know. Uh, I don't know if this guy just... I, I've seen some of those guys' takes before. They're never good. Yeah, they're always... <laughs> um... But this one was egregiously bad. Because if if what happened in commentary happened the way that he's suggesting that it happened, it would seem like there's no technique involved in what they're doing. Like, they're just doing shit. And I think that takes away from the presentation of it as a a competitive... Like, it takes out that whole competitive, like, strategic element of him even doing these things to begin with. I almost feel like if they didn't call the moves and he was just go out there doing random shit, then this guy would... He would be the same guy that'd be like, well, he's not actually doing real moves. He's just doing gymnastics in the ring. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, adding a name to the move gives it credibility. Yeah. All right. So we got got something for you at Paul Ace Fontaine. I don't know what... You're the ace of bad takes. That's about it. Here you go, my guy. You don't know shit! Your opinions suck! You fucking mark! Yes. Get out of here. You know what the crazy thing is? Mark that tweet. Here's here's the crazy part of this, right? Is that he actually, he does some writing for Wrestling Observer. That guy writes for Wrestling Observer sometimes. And I can't, I can't get a writing job. I mean, I, really, I only sent him one. Inter- I only sent him one, uh, <laughs> one resume though. I sent him yeah. a resume resume long time ago, a couple a years ago for WrestleJoy. Do what? Yeah, you sent a sample or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was good. It was better than this. <laughs> it was better. Whatever than this. the fuck this is. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. What <laughs> it was better than this shit, dude. <laughs> I went to school for creative writing, but that's super creative because that doesn't make any goddamn sense. True. All right. So there is the show for you guys today. We're going to pop off of here because we're going to do some prediction shows that you can find on our YouTube channel. Just type in at Real MonsterCast on the search bar in YouTube. We'll be popped up uh, with that logo right there above the mark that tweet with us standing in the ring. That uh, That's how you know you found the right page. Subscribe to the channel. Like all the videos. Uh, and like I said, the prediction shows are exclusive to YouTube. Uh... We don't do those live on Twitch anymore just because I don't have time to set up all the fucking matches and shit. So I do that in post. And especially on a WrestleMania fucking week where you have four goddamn don't even shows. Know. I don't have don't time know, for nights on. Don't know what matches are on what night. Don't, don't know time. Order. So we're going to have the prediction shows yep. for the Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, NXT Stand and Deliver, and WrestleMania. 
39. We were going to do TJPW, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not because I don't know if they have any matches announced for that. We'll, we'll have to play that one by ear. But we're definitely going to have at least three prediction shows this week, which is nuts. Uh, busiest time of the year in wrestling is this week right here. And uh, can't wait to talk about it all next week because I know next week's show is going to be a long one. Uh, but hopefully everybody has a great rest of your weekend. I'm Jack, that's Ryan, this is the MonsterCast. Shout out RJ City again, and we will see you guys next week. Deuces.